Hello, how are you? Welcome to the Claim the Stage podcast. I'm Angela Lucier. I'm your host. I'm also an author, a speaker, and the CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, a network of public speaking clubs for women. And the Claim the Stage podcast is all about helping women to discover, awaken, and create their voice through the art of public speaking. So if that sounds exciting, if that sounds gripping, if you feel like oh my God, that's what I'm looking for, then you're in the right place. I'm so excited to have you. Today's episode is epic. (laughs) We are talking about such an important subject for speakers or really anybody who's trying to be seen a little bit more and be heard a little bit more and voice what's important. My guest today is Alexandra Franzen, and she is coming out of her shell. And she has been coming out of her shell for years. She is um, an internationally recognized author and an incredible writer. And she just shows up as her every time. And I think there's something to be said for that. And I think she's a wonderful role model for that. And on today's show, she talks about how she does that. And it's like one tiny little mindset shift, but it's huge for the way you think about asking for what you need. And as she mentions in the beginning of the interview, she did something really big right before we started talking to each other that she wouldn't normally do, but she, she got some courage and she asked for what she needed and she got it. So I'm excited for her to share that story and all of her other advice with you on today's episode of Claim the Stage. Before we jump into that, I do want to mention that our virtual club, our Speaker Sisterhood virtual club is launching in January and we are having our launch party in early December on Monday night. I think it's December 4th. And if this is something that intrigues you, the idea of practicing public speaking with women all over the world from your couch and learning from each other and being on this really special journey of self-exploration and building the skill of speaking up, you should check it out. You can go to speakersisterhood.com, click on club directory, and then go find the virtual club. And you can let Lenore, the club leader, know, and she will get back to you with details. So very exciting. We are growing like crazy. We have so many clubs launching, and we're just really excited to be building this movement and helping more women to find their voice. So if coming out of your shell, finding your voice, and stepping out and asking for what you need feel like really awesome topics to you, you're in the right place. Let's jump into today's episode, today's interview interview with Alexandra Franzen. Welcome everyone to the Claim the Stage podcast. I am so excited about today's guest. We have Alexandra Franzen who is here to talk about coming out of your shell. And this is such a big subject for speakers, especially shy, introverted, um, the, the type of speakers who have something to say, but don't necessarily always get their hand up in time. So today we're going to jump into the subject and how Alex has done this for herself. But before we do that, I want to introduce her. Alexandra Franzen is a writer based in Portland, Oregon. Her new book, You're Going to Survive, a collection of true stories about adversity, rejection, and discouragement will be released on December 15th. Her motto is, today is not over yet. Her website is alexandrafranzen.com. Alexandra, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. It's uh, <laughs> a wonderful day. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now, you were a couple minutes late to our interview. Can you tell everyone why? I just think this is so awesome. Yeah. So um, I live above a restaurant and bar. 
And a couple of days ago, I learned that they are installing some new equipment in their kitchen, which is super exciting. They're getting a deep fryer and some other stuff or whatever. And uh, so I knew this was happening and the owner mentioned like, you know, there might be a little noise as we're installing things. Um, a little noise turned out to be basically like, like kind of like wall rattling madness. And of course, this happens to be the week when I have numerous podcasts and videos and all kinds of things scheduled all throughout the week where I need, you know, quiet. It's like probably one of the only times of the year when I need that. So earlier this morning, I actually was teaching a class online and the noise kept building and building. And I actually did something that I've never done before because I tend to be a very just kind of, you know, wanting to keep the peace sort of person. But I actually went downstairs and, you know, very politely said to them, hey guys, you know, I have 15 more minutes left in a class that I'm teaching. Is there any way you could just take a break for 15 minutes and let me finish? And they said, oh yeah, sure, sure, no problem. And they did. Then a couple hours went by and then it was a few minutes before this uh, live video and the noise started up again. So I went back down again and I felt a little awkward, but I said, you know, hey, Maybe it's time for a lunch break <laughs> for, for 30 minutes. And they said, yeah, no problem. So they're, they're taking a lunch break right now. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll have total silence for the next half hour. And then uh, the rest of the day, they can drill to their heart's content. But uh, I, I really have to emphasize, like, I am not the sort of person who normally makes those kinds of requests. So I feel a little proud of myself that I <laughs> spoke up. And, uh, and we were able to, you know, reach a happy conclusion for everyone. Yeah, I, I'm a lot proud of you for doing that because that is not an easy thing to do. And I love that it goes perfectly in line with our, our concept today of coming out of your shell. <laughs> so how did you motivate yourself to do that? And how have you motivated yourself over time to come out of your shell? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if we go way back in time, uh, I, I'm, I am a classic introvert. I was the kid you know, in school when the bell would ring for recess or lunch, instead of going to the playground, I would make a beeline for the library. <laughs> and I would read books and hang out with Mrs. Metzenbaum, the librarian. She was my best friend. <laughs> and, you know, I've always just really been very comfortable being alone or in one-on-one you know, -on -one interactions. I like small groups. I like quiet. I like peace. Uh, that's just who I am. And I, it definitely has been a process over the years of learning how to, to speak up and how to express myself in writing and also on stage and on video and finding different ways to do that. I would say the biggest, the biggest thing for me, and this is actually represented earlier today in the story I just told, is that sometimes there's this feeling inside of me of, I need to speak up because other people will benefit if I do. So for example, I didn't want my students this morning to have to suffer through another 15 minutes of trying to learn with noise all around. So I felt like I owed it to them to march downstairs and make a request for silence. Um, and it's, it's similar with sharing my writing these days. You know, when I send out a newsletter or an article or release a new book, there's this feeling of, you know, this could, might really help someone, maybe, I hope. So I, I wanna get over my insecurities and put it out there because it might really touch someone's life. You know, we never know how our work might touch someone's life. So that's one thing that has really helped me is, is sort of when the anxiety 
arises rather than making it about me, uh, making it about other people and a desire to help other people. And that can sometimes get me over that emotional hurdle. Yeah, I love that. How did you come to that conclusion? Because it's such a different mindset from, well, I don't want to bother those people or I don't want to rock the boat to, well, how can I be in service? How did you do that? That's a really good question. Um, you know, what, about eight years ago, when I quit my job, which is a whole other story, I used to work in, in radio, but behind the scenes, very rarely on the radio. Um, when I quit my job, I started doing freelance writing work. I started working for uh, marketing and branding agencies and with clients and doing some magazine writing and things like that. And I also started teaching writing very, very small classes, usually for free, just as a way to kind of dip my toes in the water. And I had so many insecurities about it. I felt like, who am I to be a teacher? You know, I'm not the world's greatest writer. I don't, I barely know what I'm doing, you know, but, but there was, there was something inside of me that wanted to be with people face to face in a small group setting and, and teach and share. So I just kind of made myself do it. And what I noticed very quickly was that even when I felt like, good, was that even a really, was that class any good? People would come up to me afterwards and say, you know, I really appreciate what you said, or that one thing you said really helped me, or I'm inspired to go home and work on my blog. And I started to see little by little the, the positive ripple effect that was happening just because I was willing to stand up and talk for 30 minutes. And so little by little by little, as I kind of collected all those pieces of positive feedback over time, I realized, you know, I may have a lot of insecurities about myself or I may think, well, I'm not the world's greatest teacher, but nonetheless, this is helping in some way, you know? And I think we all have examples of that. We say something to a friend, like some words of encouragement and we don't really think much of it, but then a week later they text and they're like, I've been thinking about what you said and it really helped me. So we often underestimate how helpful and powerful and influential we really are on the people around us. And I think it's so important to remember that because that will motivate you to keep speaking and sharing. Absolutely. And I want to say hello to everybody on Facebook Live who's watching right now. And if, if you have any questions for Alexandra, please feel free to put them in the comments and I will make sure that I ask them. One question I have for you, Alexandra, for everyone listening and watching today, how would they get started? If they're not the person who typically raises their hand or, or goes out and gives advice or stands in front of a room and teaches, what's the first step to coming out of your shell? You know, I think we can start with really, really small things and things that don't feel, well, I'll put it this way. I have a client named Andrea, Andrea Isabel Lucas, who's an amazing entrepreneur and public speaker but she wasn't always. And the way that she phrases it is, you wanna take the biggest risk that you can stomach taking today. So today, that could be as something as small as writing a positive review for a friend's book or restaurant or business and posting it online. That's just a really small way of expressing yourself and using your voice. You know, you're not asking for anything, you're just sharing something that you love. So that could be like a small, tolerable risk that you could take and you do that and it feels good and then you move on to the next risk that you can stomach today maybe that's writing a fan letter to someone that you admire and telling them how much their work has touched your life 
And then maybe after that, you have the courage to post something on Facebook or on your blog, you know, a piece of writing that's more personal. And then maybe from there, you build the courage to, you know, I don't know, record an audio note that you share with friends and family with some reflections on the end of the year and how you're feeling about the new year. So little by little by little by little, you can add these coins in your confidence bank. And, you know, the biggest risk that you can stomach today might be very, very small, but a year from now, you could be graduating up to much bigger and bigger uh, emotional and creative risks. Yeah, that idea of coins and the confidence bank just got me really excited because I pictured a piggy bank and putting little pennies in there every day. That's <laughs> such a great idea, just to be able to symbolize the progress. Because a penny doesn't seem like much, but if you have a hundred pennies, that's, you know, I mean, it's a dollar, but it's like, <laughs> if it's heavy and it's, it's like, a latte. <laughs> it's a latte. <laughs> So in the work that I do leading the speaker sisterhood, I get to watch women transform every day as they start to find their voice and speak up about the things they may not have talked about in the past. And so I know that there's a whole internal journey that takes place uh, from just saying the first word in the speech to giving your 10th speech and recognizing that the things you have to say have value. So I'm wondering for you, what have you learned about yourself by coming out of your shell? Mm, that's a great question. You know, one thing I've learned definitely is that, especially when it comes to public speaking, whether it's something like this, a video online, or, you know, in a theater with 400 people in the audience, I don't have to pretend to be someone I'm not. And I know that that sounds so obvious, like, of course, be yourself, blah, blah, blah. But I think in my career, I, I really looked to people that I admired very much, people like Tony Robbins and people like Oprah. And I sort of, I didn't mimic them exactly, but I, I felt like I needed to be that. I needed to exude that kind of energy. And what I have definitely realized over the years is that people respond the most strongly to what I'm saying when I'm just being me. And me means a little goofy, a little weird, you know, lots of stories about my life, uh, sometimes very soft-spoken, sometimes, you know, not flamboyant and over the top. Uh, so just by really, really sinking into the way that I naturally think and speak, that has made a huge difference and it makes me so much more confident uh, to come out of my shell. And the other thing which we've touched upon already a little bit today is remembering that every single time I put my fingers on the keyboard to write or I open my mouth to speak, the hope is that I'm going to leave the people in my audience in slightly better condition than I found them. So I'm, I'm doing this because it's all about service. It's all about hopefully leaving the people in the audience smiling or laughing or feeling moved in some way or feeling inspired or encouraged or feeling a little less alone because yeah. of the thing that I've shared. So really taking the focus off of me and making it all about how can I leave a positive ripple in these people's lives. And, and I think when you, when you go into a meeting or you step on stage and your intention is really how can I help the people here today, it tends, at least for me, it makes me feel a lot more confident because I know I'm going on that stage with like a clear intention in my heart. And I think it shines through, even if I make a few mistakes here and there, that that intention is what the people in the audience will feel. 
I love that. And I totally agree. And I'm wondering when you first started to answer this question, you talked about the importance of being yourself and not trying to be Tony Robbins or Oprah. And I think when, when, when speakers first start to get out there, really they're just trying not to die, right? Like the, it's like the goal is to just not pass out. <laughs> so your advice is good. And it, and, it, and it also feels a little bit advanced because you have to not only survive, but you have to figure out like, who are you going to be up there? And I'm wondering how you know when you're being yourself versus trying to fit into some should or model of what a speaker is supposed to be. Can you feel a difference or like, what is that like for you? Definitely. Yeah, I would say today when I feel the most me on stage, it's usually when I'm telling a story. I think that's my like comfort place is when I'm telling a story about something I've experienced and what I learned or I'm telling a story about a friend and what they went through and what they learned. But for me, um, I mean, more so than I, I don't really think of myself as like a motivational speaker. I think of myself as a storyteller. So that's kind of like that's one place where I know I'm being really true to me and how I like to express myself. Um, another thing is that I move a lot. I'm a mover. I, I often, if I'm teaching a class, I'll begin, even if it's a writing class, by having everyone stand up and dance for a few moments or stretch and move and I'll play music. And that feels very me and very true to me. And sidebar, it's really just a way for me to get comfortable in the room and then sort of bringing everyone along with me for that ride. Um, I, yeah, I, I do a lot of hand gestures. I move around the stage or the room. I'm rarely just parked in one place. Um, another thing that feels true to me is because I mainly, uh, when I'm teaching or speaking, I'm mainly teaching and speaking on the topic of writing is bringing exercises into it. So I always have people bring a pen and a notebook or their computer. I do a lot of interaction. I ask questions. I have people jot down their notes and then share that feels very natural to me to have that kind of round table interactive setting. Even when I'm speaking on stage in front of, you know, a big audience, I'll still have them do that. I'll have them jot down a few notes or turn to the person next to them. So it's very rarely um, me just talking for an hour. Like that would feel very daunting and exhausting to me. Even if I need to fill an hour, I'm usually having some kind of audience interaction built into it. And that feels very natural to me. It also buys me some time if I ever feel anxious or I start to feel my heart racing or I kind of forget where I was going next. If I go, okay, guys, let's do an exercise together. It buys me a couple minutes to breathe and recenter myself for whatever's coming next. So there's lots of ways that audience interaction can enrich the experience, but also like save your ass when <laughs> a little shaky. Yeah, that's brilliant. So speakers are also writers, right? We have to write our speech first. And many speakers say to me, my life isn't interesting. I've never done anything cool. I have nothing to write about. And a big part of coming out of your shell is sharing who you are through your words. So what advice would you have for someone who feels like they just don't have anything interesting to say? I would say you're wrong. <laughs> That's the first thing I would say. I, I think so many of us feel like we're not interesting or we've never accomplished that much or whatever, but it's just not true. My friend Sarah, Sarah Von Bargen, who's a wonderful writer, often says, everyone and everything is interesting. And I really believe that's true. I mean, you can talk to someone who's passionate about 
baking cupcakes and you see their passion just dripping out of their eyes and and it's exciting to hear about decorating cupcakes or you can talk to someone who just completed you know a 5k race even though they've never been a runner before and that's fascinating or you can talk to someone who just went on their first date after not dating for five years and that's fascinating you know there's all of these moments in life big and small that are so interesting and you might really be surprised to see how interested other people are in your story. You are not as boring as you think. <laughs> this is what I would say to that. Um, and also to remember that, you know, if let's say you're giving a talk on stage or you're doing a podcast or whatever, very kind of tender, quiet, ordinary moments, ordinary stories about ordinary things that happen every day can be so moving and so touching. You know, you don't have to tell a story about how you hiked 800 miles through the wilderness and what you realized about your calling. You know, that's great if that's your story, but you can tell a story about bumping into a neighbor at the grocery store and how you had a real moment of connection and how that reminded you of the importance of not looking at your phone and looking up, not down, you know, and that can be a beautiful story that you share that's really moving to mm -hmm. people who are listening. So simple, ordinary moments make for great material. And you've got plenty of that. You've probably got 20, 30, 40, 50 years of that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So as you have come out of your shell and you've done a lot of writing and teaching and speaking and you've started to gain international recognition and you've been featured in media outlets, has that has coming out of your shell and getting that kind of attention gotten easier as you've gotten more famous or has it Oh, it, does it always kind of feel a little uncomfortable or what is that like? It's still uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it's really uncomfortable. I would say it, it just changes, you know, as the journey goes along. So for example, the, the latest hurdle that I'm really having to struggle with and deal with and manage is online reviews. You know, I, I started a restaurant business with my partner a couple of years ago, and that was the first time I'd ever experienced, you know, positive and very negative Yelp reviews online, which was, I mean, honestly, I did not handle it well. I really struggled because it felt even though I know intellectually, like it's nothing personal if someone leaves a negative Yelp review, it still sucks when yeah. someone, someone just so disappointed with your with your work that they feel a need to tell the world about how much they hated it. I mean, that hurts. That's never fun. And I've gotten you know negative book reviews over the years, um, things like that. So that's that kind of um, that kind of attention and feedback and criticism can be really tough to swallow. And I'm still working on how to create a balanced relationship with it. So I definitely know that, you know, in, in each chapter of my life, there's kind of a new dragon to slay. Um, early, early on, when I was just getting started as a writer, the dragon was, well, why bother writing if nobody's reading? You know, no one's here, no one's listening, no one cares, so why bother? Why should I keep going? That was kind of the emotional hurdle at that chapter in, this, in my career. And now, eight years later, 10 years later, the, the dragon is, well, now too many people are watching and they're saying horrible things. So like, or some of them are. Some of them are very kind and complimentary. But it's, it's just a, you know, same, you know, there, there's always a new dragon to slay in the journey. And it, it never really gets easy. But hopefully we develop 
new skills, new tools, and we have a few more coins in our confidence bank to carry us through the tough days. I'd imagine that your confidence bank is pretty huge at this point because you've been putting coins in it for a long time. <laughs> in some ways but but again it's like there's always a new a new level of, of risk or vulnerability that you have to face and it's sort of like even if you've got 100 coins in your bank you're like oh, i need 200 <laughs> like for this one because there's a, a big new challenge ahead yeah. yeah actually i was just having a conversation with someone about that earlier today that as you um, navigate new levels of your career and business the challenges change but the the voices and the self-doubt is still there so the the game you're always playing is how can I get better at progressing through the self-doubt faster because it's always going to be there. And yeah. how do you just kind of like deal with that so you can still do your thing? Yeah. Well, something that someone recommended to me a, a while ago, which I need to do more often because it's really good is to write down a list of your victories, you know, your, your achievements. And I don't mean achievements like I have a New York times bestselling book, but achievements like I sent an email that was really scary or, you know, I applied for 10 jobs, even though I felt like I wasn't totally qualified, but I just went for it. Or I went downstairs and I asked the construction guys to stop drilling for half an hour. <laughs> and writing down a list of moments when, you know, you felt proud of yourself, when you feel like you, you kind of pushed outside your comfort zone a little bit. And when you make that list, uh, a list of the past year, of the past 10 years, what we realize is, is wow, I've, you know, I've done a lot of stuff. I've been through some tough stuff and I've prevailed and I'm still alive and I am stronger than I was a few years ago. And it can be very, very empowering to look at that list in writing to remind yourself of all these coins that you have put in your confidence bank. And, and that may help you to face the next challenge which a little, with a little more courage. Yeah. Great. So I want to invite everyone on Facebook Live to ask any questions. We're going to jump into the lightning round and I'll get to those right afterwards. So the lightning round is a chance for you to answer six questions in one to two sentences. The first question is, what's the number one piece of advice you have for women who want to be well-known speakers? Ooh. We always think we have more time. We think I can do it next year. I'll do this next summer. I'll apply next winter but we don't have all the time in the world. So whatever you want to say, find a way to say it now. Make it happen. Don't wait. <laughs> nice. Number two, do you have a personal operating philosophy? And if so, what is it? Yes, it is. Today is not over yet. That's my mantra. Today is not over yet. Even if it's 11.55 p.m. at night, even if the day has been totally crummy <laughs> up until this point, it's never too late to turn things around and to end the day on a positive note. Number three, what advice do you have for your 25-year-old self? Hire an accountant. <laughs> Don't try to do your taxes by yourself. It's going to get very complicated. <laughs> yeah, I, I have similar, similar um, advice. Number four, what advice do you have for your 75-year-old self? Keep doing yoga. Keep moving your body. Don't get stagnant. Number five, if you had to pick one object to represent yourself, what would you pick? I would pick a coffee cup. Why? Because there's something about coffee, for me anyway, that's very like comforting and sweet and cozy, but also energizing. And that's what I try to be as a person, like calming and energizing. <laughs> that's a good combo. I like that. And number six, what does it mean to you to claim the stage? 
it means that I'm not waiting and not hiding. It means that if there's a message I want to share, I, I just do it. You know, I find a way to do it, whether it's a blog post or a newsletter or a video, I don't hide and wait. That's Love what it. Is there anything you'd like to share with my audience? I'd love to hear more about your book. Yeah, so my newest book is called You're Going to Survive. It comes out in December, December 15th. It's a Sagittarius, just like me. <laughs> and for this book, I spoke to about, I think, 20 or 30 different people from all different kinds of, of backgrounds and ages and walks of life and industries and professions. And I asked all of these people, can you tell me about one of the worst moments in your career? What happened? How did you feel? And how did you get through it? What did you learn from that experience? And I got the most amazing stories about, you know, terrible bosses, about not getting the job you wanted, about being ostracized by friends and family who didn't approve of your choices, about online bullying, about, you know, publicity scandals, just everything you can imagine. And people shared their stories so generously with me and so vulnerably. And so I put it all together in a book where I put a lot of my own stories as well from my own career combined with all of these other voices. And the message of the book is, is you're gonna survive, you know, whatever you're going through in your career right now or in your life for that matter, you're not alone, you will make it. You know, very few low points are fatal. <laughs> Most likely you are going to survive and you'll emerge stronger and wiser because of whatever you've endured. So that's what the book is about. I, my hope is that it will be an encouraging book that people turn to when they're having a rough day. Mm -hmm. And uh, I hope you like it. It has a bright orange cover. It's cute. You can find it online. You can pre-order now or you'll find it in your bookstore uh, in December. So, wow. It sounds just like you. It's comforting and energizing. Just like yeah. a book. <laughs> So how can we find more information about you? You can go to my website, which is alexandrafranzen.com. It's uh, got my books that are out. It's got classes you can take. It has tons of articles I've written and a bunch of free stuff to videos and things like that. You can sign up for my newsletter if you want to hear from me a couple times a month. And how else can you learn about me? I mean, I guess you could like follow me around Portland and stuff. I don't, I don't recommend that. <laughs> I mean, if they have time, I don't know. Right. <laughs> um, I love your newsletter and you always recommend playlists and songs you're listening to. And it's just really fun. And I love that you put little gifs in there of you like dancing and moving. And it's just, it's exactly like you are right now. So I think what you were talking about earlier about showing up as yourself, you definitely do that. And you're a great role model for just like showing the world you and being proud of that. So thank you for being that type of role model and woman and just letting us kind of see your star shine because you do such a great job with it. Thank you so much. That's wonderful to hear. And <laughs> I love doing my weekly newsletter. It brings me so much joy. And I'm glad that a little bit of that is, is coming across in some way. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for being on the show today. I loved talking with you and sharing about coming out of your shell. This is a really important topic for, for my fans and listeners. And I think you're the perfect person to talk about it. So um, just really appreciate everything you shared. Yay, this was so much fun. Thank you. And no construction noise. Yay! Yay! Yay for speaking up and asking for what you need. I mean, is there anything better? <laughs>
it's, it, it's something I need to do even more often. And today was a great reminder of that. So we'll put a coin in your piggy bank today. <laughs> All right. Bye. All right, there you have it. My interview with Alexandra Franzen. She is so wonderful. I'm excited to check out her new book. It sounds amazing. And just like her, right? Like she just has such light and so many gifts to offer the world. And I'm just so excited that I got the chance to talk with her and share her wisdom with you. If you liked today's episode, please leave a review on iTunes as it does help more people define the show. It only takes about a minute and you can just rate us. And if you'd like to share a couple words about what you liked. So simple. And if you want more public speaking tips and to learn more about the Speaker Sisterhood, just go to speakersisterhood.com. Go, uh, go down to the bottom of the page and you can sign up for updates. We have so many cool things going on. So that does it for me this week, you guys. I want to say happy Thanksgiving. I hope you have a wonderful week with your families, friends, pets, neighbors, everybody. And I will see you next week. In the meantime, stop waiting, start creating. I'll see you next time. <laughs>